Bruce, I forgive you for not saving me. But why? Why on God's earth? Is he still alive? <laughs> Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I'm your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to batmanonfilm.com, click on the tab for the Bat Pod Network, and you can find a whole list of other Bat-related shows that also love to dive into other nerdy subjects we all love to frolic about in our free time. And if you like what's going on with the Batman Book Club, it's now on Patreon. So if you want to help keep the generators running in the Wayne Manor study, just go to patreon.com slash the Batman BC. Thank you for listening to episode number 83, Under the Hood. I'm not going to take any more time. We're just going to hop right to this. Joining me the second time on the show Aww. from the comic binge. He's a comic connoisseur, so to speak. And this episode has been long in the making. It's Mr. Yes. Paul Herman. Welcome wow. back to the show, Paul. Wow, this is a uh, if this almost feels like I, I my my show only because we're do, using my technology <laughs> right now and I, I feel at home. Uh, yeah. No, no, I I thank you so much, dude. This has been we've had ideas for this show for <sighs> over a year now. Over a year, for it, sure. it's gone through, through different incarnations. You mm-hmm. know, I think like I think I, we were talking about this show before I had my daughter. That's how like long. Oh my god! Yeah, she's a year and a half old. So it's been, it's wow. been a minute. It's that is crazy to think about. I didn't even think about it. That I was just thinking, like literally a year ago. But no, wow, yeah, it, was, it, it yeah, has but, been, it's been a while. Because we were, because <laughs> we were thinking about doing. For those who don't know, like I, I've just been a huge fan of this podcast since the very beginning, and I've just been praising Ryan for just being so consistent and being so good and so earnest and just the love of the, of the medium is there. I just love this. I love the show to death. And bless I, I want to, uh, well, hey, bless you for, for blessing me. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I told him I'm like, dude, I have to get on. I have to be the one to talk about the red. I always say under the red hood because of the movie, mm-hmm. but it's under the hood. Uh, we got to talk about, I want that, that shot. Cause I think, I feel that that's my, 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 my bread and butter. And you're like, absolutely. And I'm like, well, let's do a crossover between the comic binge podcast and with Chris and with our other friend, Ryan uh, Haas and, we started going to town and we had all these ideas. And then all of a sudden they had that death in the family Blu-ray that came out. We were like, what's yeah. for that? And then, yeah. and then that passed and then COVID happened. And then, oh God, it's been, it's been crazy. So I it's finally, been nuts. yeah. So I finally said, dude, was it you or me? I think it might've been you actually. He said, let's just do the two of us. It'll just be easier. I because think so. I, because I, I have an affinity for the story a lot mm-hmm. and it does start with the video, the movie a little bit first. We can get into the origins here in a second, but uh, 
it's been crazy trying to get this thing organized. And we finally, I find even technology tried to stump it, you know, or stumping. What the hell am I saying? It tried to stop us from recording this episode. Like, yeah. I think they're like, we're going to move mountains with this conversation, I think, or something. I'm not trying to hype it up, but that's what it feels like right now. Like we're like, basically for people that don't know, it took us like 45 minutes because technology just was not in our favor. Like it was, it was our enemy. I can't it, really describe, and it, Paul it, can't describe either. It's Skynet, dude. A little, a little while. Yeah, Skynet. It's, it's Skynet has Skynet. A, stuck its hand into this the Batman book club. So I guess I've made it. If Skynet's paying attention to dude, the Batman book club, right? You did. So. Yeah. You, ab- you absolutely made it. But no, this has been a. I can't wait to dive into this. There's, there's so much to dive into. There is, um, and there's a lot to defend. I'll be honest. I, I have a lot. I'm like I'm ready to like you know. I hate the, I'm, I'm definitely hate the saying of like, I'll die on this hill and I'll yeah. do this, you know? And I don't feel like what you love is what you love. You don't really need to defend it. You just tell people why you love it. Um, I do think this story specifically, especially the last book we'll talk about, which is the annual, which I think is the most controversial mm-hmm. part of the story. I I have my reasons for that too. That's why I think it needs a little defense, but we'll get into okay. that. I'm, I'm going to head of myself. So, I know that you're very you're very passionate about the story, and because I knew that we were going to eventually get to this, I've never asked you. I've never wanted specifics. So I wanted to wait and find out now. And the Batman Book Club is a friendly place. It is a happy place. So there is not going to be any kind of arguing or uh, oh no, uh, what do you want to say? Uh, fake fists flying here, audible fists flying here, sir. But I'm very intrigued to see um, what it is about the story that has you so uh, mm-hmm. passionate about it. So let's. Let's not waste any more time. Let's okay, dive, dive into Batman okay. Under the Hood. That's right. You heard me. Batman Under the Hood. Was written by uh, Real World San Francisco's own Judd Winnick. Um, illustrated mostly by Doug Mankey, but also Shane Davis and Eric Battle. It was originally running from November of 2004 to June 05, and then November of 05 to March 06, between Batman issues 635 to 640, then 645 to 650, and as Paul already said, annual number 25. It's been collected in two paperback volumes, and then also a one everything included uh, trade paperback it's available digitally it's on dc universe infinite and my favorite app of all time hoopla paul for this recording for this episode which version did you read well i i own the um the two trades uh yes. the original trades back in the day i bought these from in stock about over 10 years ago i think i want to got i got them in 2010 maybe i'm not sure when these even came out but it was not too long after they were first released. They had like the volume one was oh five, and oh, then was it? Uh, I think volume two was oh six. I'm, I got them two thousand eight. Then, yeah, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I think I, I picked these up um, because um, I. Do, do you want me to get dive into the story about how, how I got into this whole thing? Of uh, DC? Well, not yet. Okay, I'll, I'll uh, say you're it. kind sorry. of answering actually all these questions. So. I actually have the exact same versions that you do. Oh, nice. The trade go. paperbacks. And I have a fun story. Yeah. Ooh, nobody Ooh. can see this, but Paul and I are matching covers yeah. on the video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, and yeah, so I'll just say that part. I, same versions. That's what I have in my hands. But I also did grab the one uh, trade digitally and checked out on Hoopla just to see if there's anything different. 
Uh, there isn't. Yeah. It's just isn't. one book instead of two volumes. Um, now, you just said when you picked this up, do you remember when you first read the story? Um, you know, it's funny. I didn't read it for probably, it's been a, it was a while. I actually didn't read the whole thing until I think about five or six years ago. I I, I, yeah, because I bought them and I just, I had watched the movie. So yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you how my, I kind of fell over the sure, story. Go for it. My, my brother, um, back when they used to have video rental stores, there was a thing oh, called yeah. Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah. And um, Blu-rays were just starting to be the, the craze. And my brother, uh, there was a Blu-ray uh, sale at his, his uh, closing Blockbusters when all Blockbusters were going out. Mm-hmm. And he he bought me um, Gotham Knight on Blu-ray, which I had already had the DVD for the you know the Nolan thing. And he mm-hmm. brought me uh, Under the Red Hood. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I, and, and for those who don't know me at all, which maybe some people don't, I don't know. Or, or probably a lot of people who don't because I'm a nobody, but <laughs> Stop. I, well, no, but like I, I, I'm a big Marvel guy. Like that's, that's my bread uh-huh. and butter is, is a Marvel, a Marvel zombie. I grew up a Marvel zombie, but I've always loved Batman. Always loved Batman, mainly because of the movies and the, and the TV show, but I've always loved good the man, Paul. Good man. Oh, right. Right. So I've always loved Batman. He's like, he's, he's Batman. You gotta love Batman. So, yeah. <clears throat> but when I was growing up, I was well aware of who Jason Todd was because my brother, uh, I grew up on uh, the Dark Knight Returns, and I, I know mm-hmm. it sounds like super like cheesy, not cheesy, but super like, oh yeah, you're so hip and cool at a at a, at a young age. Well, my, my brother is six years older than I am, so he's much more. Like I was so I was when I was six, he was twelve, you know, seven, thirteen. So he's bringing home some material that I probably shouldn't be looking at. My parents have no idea <laughs> that I, yeah, I, I probably I've said the story a bunch of times, but it's like, you know, he, he brings home dark Knight returns. My mom and dad are like, Oh, it's a comic book. You know? And I'm like, Oh my God, like what's going on here. But I knew who Jason Todd was because of that book. Mm-hmm. And then my brother explained to me like, Oh yeah, he died. And there was a big, like the, the toll free number. He explained all that to me. So when you had those scenes where where uh, Bruce is looking at the the costume of Jason Todd, you know it's a big deal for him. And so when you have Carrie Kelly be Robin, it's a big deal because you knew that the Joker killed Robin. I knew that as a kid, so I always knew who Jason Todd was. And obviously, in comic books, even as a kid, as I you know read comics more and more, I realized well, no one stays dead, except for at that time it was Bucky, Uncle Ben, Gwen Stacy, and Jason Todd. Mm-hmm. Um, at least so that's what I know. And everyone, even in at the comics reading at the time, knew resurrecting Jason Todd was a no-no. It just it just was not, you know, especially because Denny O'Neill was there, right? Because Denny O'Neill was like, You're not raised, you're not resurrecting him on my on my watch, which I totally get. Like he stuck, I I respect Denny O'Neill a ton. And I think that he was right not to resurrect him at the time. So fast forward. My brother get, brings me you know, the, under the red hood, and I heard about how they resurrected Jason Todd. <laughs> and I was and at, uh, at the same time that they brought back Bucky in Winter Soldier. It felt I, I still don't know who did what first. It feels like Winter Soldier was first, but it doesn't matter. I did think it was a little. It was a stunt. I wasn't really what I was. Whatever about it, I didn't care. I'm like I, I'm not really a DC guy. I mean, I like DC books here and there, but I'm mostly a Marvel guy. He brought me home that Blu-ray. I watched it. I was really into it. And I bought the tr- the two trades that we were talking about and I never read it. I'm just kind of, you know, whatever. And then our good friend, Chris Clow would tell me, Oh, have you read those books yet? I'm like, Oh no, no, no. And he's like, Oh man, it's really good. And really good. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You know, I love the story just for the, for the most part. I love the movie. The movie really, I love 
you know what was going on and also by the way super hilarious that i actually watched a lot of judd winnick's real world stuff as a kid i'm not <laughs> sure if you remember that at all if you're too young for that but i, I was think i watched some like, uh my my mira knew right away judge she's like oh yeah real world san francisco yeah yeah with puck and everybody yeah yeah oh yeah Good and, stuff. And, yeah so it was weird i'm like that's it almost felt like that was too weird like why is a guy from real world able to write comic books and then <laughs> writing comics yeah and like but like not just writing comics but like being pretty successful at it like he was a yeah. pretty prominent writer um and so so anyway I, I watched the movie. I love the movie. And then I kept putting it off because I'm like, oh, it's same. You know, I heard about the annual, which again, we'll get to that later. But um, I finally read it and I just, I fell in love with it. I loved, even though there's a lot, literally word for word from the book to the movie or from the movie <clears throat> to the book, whatever, you know, which way you want yeah. to go from. But I, I fell in love. I love the movie and I fell in love even harder for the story because I felt that Judd, he really he was able to navigate i think in a long story form a really emotional story for jason i feel in the movie and this is where i i, I honestly honestly feel this the movie's great i think it's one of the better animated dc films ever it's really really good and partly because you have the writer of the comic books writing the movie so he knew what worked and what didn't and whatever but what i love about the comic book so much more than the film is they draw out that relationship and not just relationship, but what happens to Bruce and how he is not accepting and how he denies everything and how it's so hard for him to accept what's going on, even despite all the things he's used to seeing around, which he even talks about when he visits people like Green Arrow, Superman, when he's asking them, you know, what happens when you die? Like what, what brings you back? Like, you know, he, he really is trying to figure out how is Jason back? And I loved all of that so much. And it really fed into the psyche of Batman. I feel that no one really talks about. I mean, there is that side of regret and that those those things that he is so um, the, the, the signs of regret and the fact that he's so brooding. But why is he brooding, right? Like why is he such a you know miserable you know jerk a lot of times? It's because he's been through hell. And when you have like your son basically die uh, in your arms, that's heavy stuff. I mean, yeah, you can have your parents die in front of you, but when you are basically holding someone that you you're raising as a child. Like whether you're not, and, and this is where I think that Judd nails it. Like he totally, totally nails it is that he basically says, you know, uh, Jason is Bruce's son. And like that, he saw his son die and he's trying to basically overcome that. And there's something that people don't really talk a lot about that with these Robins. Like, oh yeah, they're, they're you know, his father figure or whatever. No, no. Like that's his, that's his kids, man. Like he doesn't have his, you know, or he has Damien, whatever. We don't care about Damien. <laughs> At least I don't. Um, but uh, no, sorry. Sorry for all the Damien fans. But I mean, like those are his children. And I think that it's a big deal and it, it messes him. It messed him up more than I think people wanted to think or they, they wrote. And I think Judd really hit that uh, personally way better than people were anticipating. Woo! And there it is, Paul Herman. Uh, and that wraps up this episode of uh, the <laughs> Batman book, <laughs> Batman Under the Hood. Sorry, sorry, man. No, 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 it's all good. Um, yeah, very cool. And which we'll hop into that for sure of Jason's resurrection. Uh, the funniest part with this is that I, I bought, I bought this first trade I think in two thousand six, mm -hmm. and then the way that the first 
like first volume ends like it even says end I don't remember when I bought volume two because I didn't know volume two existed. Wow. It might have been like I read this trade and then because even on this trade, when I got it, it doesn't say volume one. Mm-hmm. And so it I mean, it seemed like it contained right. one to where I think I bought it. I read it. And then I even this is volume one. I, mine says volume I, one. Oh, underneath. Yeah, mine does not. Oh, wow. So I must have a later copy then. Yeah. Oh, you're right, dude. That's crazy. Okay. So it, it was okay, almost, yeah. I'm not going to say that it was misleading because there was like probably when this was printed, vo- like in a sense, volume two hadn't even hadn't been existed. released, like yeah. even the issues. So yeah. And it just felt contained. And then I know that the movie had come out and the movie actually feels very much like all of it is volume one. No, yeah. even how volume one ends, you know, and it's, bruce in the in the suit in the cave and how it's like this doesn't change anything that's exactly how the movie ends so i just felt for the longest time and i don't remember how it was so volume two ended on issue 650 and i started my regular batman reading in 655 wow. so five issues after this and i haven't stopped since that's so i hopped on right after this and so yeah it was quite a whirlwind when i was like wait what the hell would he talk about there's a volume two that's so crazy. And then I I found a volume two and I read it. And uh, I'll flat out say that I definitely think, or I thought for the longest time, um, Jason did more for Bruce's story dead. Period. But Judd Winnick in telling this story, he brings a lot to the table. And it's really Absolutely. interesting. And he's very lucky in the sense of, I'm sure anybody who... It, whoever is writing a comic book about a, you know a very uh, a very old character that like, dreams that their story is going to be like a, a watershed moment in that in that character's history you know mm-hmm. and yeah. Judd Winnick he nailed it because I mean like it or hate like love it or hate it Jason Todd has been resurrected as the Red Hood in Batman's history period where in the timeline you really want to fit it is up to you. But it's like Batman year one happened. The long Halloween happened. Yeah. Um, You know, uh, death in the family happened. That means under the red hood happened. Like there's just, there are certain Batman stories where like this happened Yeah. And under the, under the hood is one of them. Now I think also, so these two volumes that we both have say under the hood, the, the trade that I told you about that collects everything uh-huh. Which is all to chat on Hula is called Under the Red Hood. That came out after the movie did. So I mean DC's all over the place with how they printed printed this book. But the cover yeah. of Under Under the Red Hood, the one collection, is the jock cover volume two. that's on the cover of volume two. Yeah, so, which is a great cover too. It's a great cover. It's a great cover. Jock did I think all the covers for volume two, and then the one and only Matt Wagner did all the covers for the volume one stuff, which is just like incredible i love his his covers that he did all of them are great fantastic now paul for anybody it's surprising to me that this is episode 83 and still nobody's chosen death in the family wow we've gotten some good stories some good batman stories for sure and there's tons that haven't been touched and death in the family has not been touched so we're actually jumping ahead we haven't laid the groundwork we don't need to lay the groundwork anybody listening knows 
Death in the Family and what happened in Death in the Family. That would can be I your only something? prerequisite reading before this. Go ahead. All right. For the only thing I'll say about Death in the Family is that it's a means to an end. Basically, okay. that's all I'm going to say. I, I it's not a great story. I mean, this. I mean, I. The art is it is it not a Jim Aparo? Jim Aparo. Jim Aparo. Aparo. What Aparo? Whatever. Um, it you could honestly you could watch it for his layouts or watch it read it for his layouts. I like Jim Starlin. I think he's a great. I think he's a solid comic book writer. It's not a great story. It's ridiculous. I mean, Joker. I I like it physically because I have the trade, and then uh, they released a collection in two thousand seven in which. that book I did when I covered the um, year three, I I read it out of that. I could not, I don't like read, I read three either. that version, but it's got, it's older paper, the eighties, yeah, the eighties vibe, you know, yeah. of the art and stuff. That is what re- I really like. And I like Aparo, Aparo. I, oh, I always I have screw no it up. I know I, I, can, I cannot pronounce anyone's name. Everyone knows that. I like his versions of the characters Me and too. stuff. And then I'll tell like then I'll say like, but yes, I don't think that the story is very good. It does not it's, hold up. It's pretty bonkers too. It's ridiculous. Um, and it's it's definitely that book is sold fully for something the, that happens in it, and that's what overshadows the story. Absolutely. Like, this is like a a you'd almost say a dark mirror reflection of that story in the sense of oh, what's under the hood about. It's about Jason Todd is back. Right. Oh, okay. Because of a certain event. No, no, no. There's a lot more in the story than just, oh, he's back. Hooray. Look at him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm not sure I've, there's a, there's a podcast out there. I'm going to pimp out because I am an old fan. I'm not sure if, you, if I'm not sure Share. if you listen to him. It's a, it's the overlooked dark night um, by Michael Bailey and Andrew Leland. Um, they're old school DC people, or he, or I'm not sure if Andrew's a, a, a DC guy necessarily, but, uh, but Michael Bailey is, I'm a big fan of Michael ba- Bailey, Bailey. Um, I've listened to him forever and on their overlooked dark night uh, stuff. I was reading with them, the Jim Starlin run. And okay. though I'm not a fan of the cult, I, I, I just could not get through it. I thought that I just was not into it. Um, okay. And, I'm not a big fan of Death in the Family. It's it's not great. It's still it's still what you need to read it for what it is. It's, it's a monumental moment for Batman and I think the yeah. comic book industry. But the Jim Starlin stuff, the one thing that and the reason to bring all this up is because he was never a big fan of, of Robin and he's admitted that. And when you read his run of Batman leading up to Death in the Family, he mm-hmm. definitely starts to give a lot more attitude towards J- with Jason Todd. And you see that conflict a lot more come alive in his run, which I'm not sure if is it was all uh, coincidental when they when he was the one that ended up killing him. But that's what it was. I will say that I did like reading um, most of his run before that because there's some good fun stuff like bonkers crossover stuff, but like good team like good team building between him and uh, Jason Batman and Jason. But also you've seen the conflict between them. And there's also like, even though there's conflict, it's not just like, I just can't stand Jason. He's just out of control. It's like, not like that, but it's, there is conflict there. So there is, there is, you see that rebellious side of him that does go in eventually. It does make sense for him to go run off and try to save his mom, which again, we don't have to say much more than that. But yeah. um, I, I, I definitely got a better a, a perspective of Jason reading his run leading up to death in the family. I'll say that much about it. So. Gotcha. 
All right. There you go, people. Go read Death in the Family. <laughs> you know what happens. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know what happens. You know what happens. You know what happens. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, so for Under the Hood, um, it hits the ground running, basically, in how like there's a Red Hood character. Well, I mean, well, we're not going to go first? You want to talk about Hush? Okay. Because because doesn't because I mean that's should we wait till like when they sh- the annual because the annual kind of explains Hush. What, what should we do? Because it's kind of it goes before this, but is it? I wasn't. I wish that I was reading the monthlies at the time. I know so that so that I could have a better impression because by the time I read this, I've read Hush. Hush right, right, explained yeah. it, that it was Clayface. Right. Um, but there's you know, a little bit of almost. I think in that Batman says uh, Jason would not have aged like yeah, his, yeah. if he'd have died, he would have st- remained the age that he was. Well, and so he's like, so that's Clayface, and not to mention notice what he was calling me. There was no, no personal touches here to where it's like this. It's, it's, it was Clayface. It's not the right. real Jason. And then the fact that it's not touched again for, I mean, another 17 issues or something, you know, you're going over um, almost a year and a half later. And then this story starts that to me, I feel like, and we'll get into specifics of the annual eventually. uh, Okay. But I think that they retroactively tried to force it. Okay. Do you know how the story even came about? Like of, of Red Hood, of Under the Hood? Go for it. Okay. So... And in research of our original our original plan, I was actually meeting, <laughs> a year and a half ago. <laughs> a year and a half ago, because I I love I love researching whenever uh-huh, I am into too. something. I love just diving deep and like learning the ins and outs. I mean, that's why I love Star Wars so much. To be honest, because George Lucas, there's so much drama behind the scenes and of everything, or not even drama, but so much interesting details. Yeah, I love that about stuff. Right. Well, mm-hmm. comic books are no different. And Judd Winnick, I found out, and you can find this out anywhere. He's he's talked very. He's, he seems like a really rad dude. I'd love to hang out with Judd one day. I've tried um, to to DM him so much about, do you want to do an interview? And I've heard nothing. <laughs> I, I'm sure he'd do it one As day. As expected. Said, yeah, I mean, you, I'm sure you'd be bug him enough he'll do it. Um, Especially if you tell him you're doing a Red Hood thing. I, I think he's done a number I, of I, I did. I did. I tried. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give up. Let's do it. I'm going to keep trying. Uh, I'd love yeah. to talk to Judd Winnick. Judd, he's awesome, dude. Um, The one thing I'm going to say is, um, or what he said, was he really liked the reveal of Hush of of when uh, Jason was revealed, and mm-hmm. when he said he was reading it, he thought it was Jason. He's like, "Oh my god, they brought him back!" And then he found out it wasn't. He always liked that idea, and that's what inspired him to pitch under the hood and bring Jason back. So that whole thing with Clayface, even though you're right, it's retroactively. That's what inspired him to do it in the first place. And that's how he was able to fit it in later on, which we'll get to that in a second or in a while. But that is what inspired him and essentially what I've read um, to do the story in the first place. He really thought that was a cool idea. And the fact that like all of a sudden Jason showed up and he thought that was such a cool thing. And then when it wasn't really him, quote unquote, he thought, what if Jason did come back and it was like that? And he found the right story to pitch to DC at the time. And it, as we know, the rest is history. So, I mean, it's, I, th- I think that's very interesting. That's why I wanted to bring up Hush before because Hush existed. And because Hush existed, that's why it's even, in, he's even back in the first place. So it's really, really fascinating that way, especially how he, re- he retroacts, <laughs> uh, puts it into the, uh, the canon. But so yeah. we're both right. 
you know, I mean, we're, you are, we're, we're, away, no. we're, we're both right because Absolutely, it is, yeah. it is such a, mm-hmm. it is like he made it work, but the guy who made it work was inspired. Cause that's what he originally thought. Yeah, like, he really, he really thought it was bad around and around. Like that's, yeah, that's a cool story. That's cool. Classic that's cool. Judd. Um, Classic Judd. <laughs> nifty. Okay. So his placement in this story, um, I cannot tell you, I do not remember at all. If I knew right away that, when I read this, that that was Jason Todd, there's probably a chance that because I read this a few years after it had initially begun or been revealed, you know, a couple of years that uh, I probably knew before even picking it up. I just have no clue. Uh, but I mean, he's the story is interesting in the sense of he's, I mean, more than a vigilante, he's a, he's a criminal if he's out killing people, but he's, he's a hero killing criminals right so right there is is an interesting in which we've seen this story address or this uh idea presented in batman stories before of villains being ones like i'm just doing what you won't do so though and as we see with batman's rogues gallery the best villains are the ones of batman if you went down this path you'd end up like the riddler if you went down this path, you'd end up like the Joker. This path, you know, Two-Face, et cetera, et cetera. To where that's where the Red Hood can fit in right away as a an interesting... Um, well, he's a I mirror mean, image, right? Yeah, exactly. Of yeah. Like, your way's not working, Batman, because you're saving Joker by putting him in Arkham Asylum where he can just escape and go kill people. And then you just put him back in Arkham Asylum. I'm going to put an end to it. He's not going to kill anybody else. And it's, it's an interesting idea for sure. And then the whole personal connection of when he reveals, which was, it surprised me that it was as early as it was that he took Mm -hmm. off his helmet and you saw that it was him in which the hints were there in that scene, because he gets, we're going to talk about this book openly. Um, so if you haven't read it, we're going to talk about it. Uh, the hell out of it, man. Yeah. As he kidnaps Joker and I don't have death in the family panels next to me, but I almost want to feel like Doug Mankey's drawings of Jason beating Joker with the crowbar. I feel like it's got to mirror how the Joker beat Jason. It's like it's those not, panels have to be close. They're not, they not. I don't think they are. And I can okay. go grab, I can go, I know Death of the Family is up there. I can go grab it. I'm pretty sure it's not, but I want to talk about, I'm not sure. Are we going to go by a story beat by story beat or how are we going to do this? Can no, I, because that, I mean, we'll be here for six hours. So you know um, we can, I'll, I'll get, break it I know all you down. got all night. <laughs> I got all night. No, no. Um, so what I'm going to say. Go wherever you want. No. Oh yeah. So I think you're, you're right though. I think, I think what Judd was able to channel in this in this comic book was there is that everyone's heard it. Like, you know, I'll do what Batman can't do like Azrael, all, you know, what name, whatever. I'm not sure if Huntress was a part of, I'm not sure if she was like a killer either, but um, so many different vigilantes in Gotham. Like, I can be what, you know, do what mm-hmm. you can't do Batman, blah, 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 blah. You know, it, it, <laughs> and there, there's interesting stories there, but the difference here, like with a personal connection that had fact that he knows why Bruce doesn't do this and how it in his mind, it's like, well, you know, again, the whole essence of why he's so upset at Bruce, which again, I can't wait to talk about. We save that to the end. The very end is, I think, the most to me is what makes this book and the mm-hmm. movie itself. But the one thing is interesting about it is that that Jason's able to like really can make 
Batman more conflicted and believe in, in what he's saying than anyone mm-hmm. else that before or afterwards, because of the connection, not just because he, he's a son, his you know adopted son or ward or whatever you want to call him, is that he also knows how to challenge him mentally and say, why, you know, he did this to me. Why are you letting him live? Like, yeah. it's not just, you know, if he killed, you know, whatever, but like much more Barbara, what about this? What about that? He's able to say, well, if you, you know, you have to basically kill me to kill Joker, like the very end, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. he puts Batman in that place where it's like, there's an almost a no win situation, which again, Batman finds a way to win, but <laughs> he almost gets Batman throughout this whole story, not just the end of the story, but the whole time he's able to outsmart him and be one step ahead. And that's hard to do with Batman. And if you do mm-hmm. that with any character in the Batman universe, you have to really justify it. So if you did, if so, the Red Hood wasn't Jason Todd, Ryan. I mean, mm-hmm. people would have field days like, oh, anyone can just beat Batman? What the hell? You know, I mean, like you'd have to really build up that character and justify them outsmarting Batman. Well, Jason Todd, it makes sense. He already knows what Batman's thinking because he's lived with the guy. He knows his, his personality in and out. So everything made sense for him to really understand, you know, understand where, where Bruce was going to go and how he's going to do it and really put him in that place where it's like, yeah, people can try to outsmart Batman and make you make make anyone feel messed up over time. Even Batman's not susceptible. Uh, susceptible. Oh, my God. I can't even talk. Not <laughs> impervious. How about that? Impervious there you go. To like, you know, being like, you know, being depressed because of evil thoughts or whatever, because someone, you know, whatever. But like with Jason, it's different. Because Jason knows the core of the character of Bruce himself, not just of like humanity. And that to me is what's important about the story is that he knows Bruce. And I think it was brilliant because, you know, for people who are reading this book, I think one of the things I've seen some people criticize or, or again, I go back to that podcast um, that I was listening to, uh, The Overlooked Dark Knight. And they like the story for the most part. I haven't listened to the whole retrospective, which I think they kind of. They may not like it as much at the end, but they, they talk about how this book is a quick read. And I I think that some people could look at that as a negative. I don't. I think it's actually what it, what it tells me is that Judd didn't want to just put words in here to, to clutter it up. He wanted to, he wanted to bring what needed to be brought. And though some mm-hmm. of it is decompression and trying to like maybe also like spread, uh, spread things out, which I think. And we'll talk about negatives in a, in a bit, and I think that I already know my main negatives. But like the decompression, and also like the like to also stretch it out as much as he can. I also feel it serves artistically to the story because he lets things breathe so much. Like if you look at the first like couple five pages where it's like basically Batman versus Red Hood, you know there's that personal connection. They're teasing that. You already know it's pretty much Jason at this point as a reader, but Batman doesn't know. And you're like, oh crap. Like you're, you're, you're alluding to the fact like, you know, the moment he's going to find out, you see that moment. That's the first thing you see. And that way you're not anticipating it. You're like, you're wanting to see how does Batman, you know, find this out and what goes on between now and then, or then and now. And it's really interesting because there's not a lot of words. There's not a lot of talking. And I love that. I love the fact that Judd lets Doug Mankey and other artists that, that joined the book, they, for the most part, he lets it breathe. He lets the pictures really do the talking and showing the emotions of, of the characters. And I love that scene where in the very beginning uh, of the book is if you guys go to the first comic and you're reading it, I love it when uh, basically Jason like takes off the mask of Bruce, which again, 
you couldn't do that with anybody, right? You can't have yeah. anyone just take off the, the mask of Bruce. He, so it makes sense when Jason can do it, which again, I thought was brilliant because you immediately establish right off the bat, like this Jason has Bruce's number, like to an extent, not completely because Batman, but he's got more than other people. He's, he took and off it's the believable. Mask. Yeah, I think exactly. Too. As it, a reader, yeah. it's believable. It's not like, oh, this is bullshit. Like, come on. That's yeah. like, no, 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 it's. Yeah, this, this works. The fact the fact he takes off the mask immediately, you establish the character as a formidable threat to Bruce and to the rest of Gotham because of that. It's brilliant storytelling. And not only that, you don't have to. The writer is not mucking it up with a bunch of narration just to like put his you know his own like stamp on it. He's like, I'm gonna put like literally these two pages that I'm talking about where he takes off the mask. There's one, two, three, four. There's four lines of dialogue in two pages. That's brilliant. Like. In comic books, the thing about uh, most people don't get is that it's a visual medium. You don't need to put narration in every single panel or, you know, and, and make sure the writers, you know, I'm important, guys. Like, no, 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 the art's important. That's what, to me, needs to, you know, speak the most. And right, that, that one panel, the top panel of the of um, that page of the four of Bruce, the rain coming down and he's unmasked and he just looks like he's, like, ready to fight more. It, but he also looks like, un, like, not unsure, but, like, just, like, he doesn't know what to expect next. That's what I get mm -hmm. from it. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. And people, what I don't understand, Ryan, is like, I read this stuff and I look at this art and I'm like, this is brilliant. No one talks about it. No one talks about Doug Mankey's Batman. Like, I'm like, this is so good. Like, this is not, like, Judd, to me, Judd doesn't need to, like, again, talk about, like, have a bunch of dialogue between these two characters. He lets Doug just do his thing. He plots and goes, hey, take it over, man. And it's just, it's beautiful. I love it. So I let's just hop to the the biggest part of this book. I don't want to work up to it. Let's just let's talk about the. I mean, you brought in the end. The Joker sure. fits into this story well, yes. uh, but and he's used as the the main focus and the the best example of Jason's stance. Uh, and you know, it's it's like a humanistic. Uh, quality that he that he uses the joker for in, in the sense of because on paper it doesn't make sense i don't think i agree why why is this guy still alive i mean he killed me he took me from you and it apparently has caused Heavy. you so much pain and you still let him live and batman stands by his you know he he has his stance of because it'd be too easy and then I have crossed that line. I can't uncross that line. And right. I mean, it's comic books. Yes. But truly think about it. Most of us will never experience what it's like to take a life. Thank God. Because that's something that you can't can go back from. You, you can't go back from it. Yeah. So if you if you really. I don't know if you're all for bloodshed and you're like, yeah, Batman, why don't you kill? It's like, I don't know. Take a second and really think about that. Because that's that does become heavy, right. but in like on paper that doesn't make sense. Through Jason has a little bit of a point here of mm -hmm. you will do everything you can to save the Joker, and like and, and the question that's the the best phrase and and I've watched the movie so much that that's how I get it. But I know that like the, some of this dialogue was. I mean, it was in the it's, book. It's, and straight, the movie, it's word for word. Yeah, it's word Bruce, for word. Bruce, I'm almost. not. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I got to get this. I got to find it so that I no, can do it. Yeah. I can quote it perfectly. Uh, here we go. And I can hear Jensen Ackles even saying it. Uh, Bruce says, 
I know I failed you, but I tried to save you, Jason. I'm trying to save you now. And it's a one panel close up on Batman, same panel right below it. And then you see the end of the guns pointed at him. And Jason says, is that what you think this is about? You're letting me die. I don't know what clouds your judgment worse, your guilt or your antiquated sense of morality. And then he says, and I, ah, I love this, Bruce, I forgive you for not saving me. But why, why on God's green earth is he still alive? And then there's the Joker. And it's like, that's it. Like that is the whole, to me, that is the whole question. Like that's the seed. I think that Judd Winnick has for this whole story right there. Cause that's Jason's question. That's his purpose. That's his like confrontation with Batman. And that's something that, that has been, yes, it has been addressed in Batman stories in a way of in but it's almost like batman doesn't have to further explain other than because it would if i crossed that line i'd be just like them and i'm not just like them but jason yeah. takes it even further and makes it much yeah. more personal of like no no no, that's that's horseshit um mm-hmm. i died he's still alive why and then and then like you even said of putting him in that position for it batman you have to make a decision where you're crossing the line yeah, period. You have no choice. Like it's and then it's a, I, mean, yeah. I just I that's the part that's the biggest strength of this book is like that part right there. That's what I always remember with the book. That's what I always remember with the movie. I always hear Jensen Ackles asking that question, and I'm just great like, too. man, there's something great there, you know. And that to me is what this story is. You know what I what I love about this is that. I posted it on my Twitter the other day and, and my, my good friend, Tim called me out on it. And I, but I, I had a rebuttal cause I, I knew exactly what people were going to say. <laughs> you knew Tim but, was coming for you. <laughs> I, yeah. Hey, you gotta have Tim on the show, by the way, Tim is the, he's the man. He loves his Batman. He has a Batman show. I mean, come on, get him on here. He's awesome. He knows his stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll hook you guys up. All right. I love you, Tim. Up. Um, uh, Tim, me and Tim do a star Wars podcast for those who don't know. And he's one of my favorite people in the universe. Um, so what, I posted this page, this exact one you're talking about, right? And mm-hmm. he was like, well, that's yeah, word for word from the movie. It's just, you know, there's the same thing. And though it, I think the movie does a great job, the one, this is the one thing that the comic book medium does, I think, more that to me, it just resonates a little bit more in the comic book than in a movie. Because in the movie, he's got the Joker by gunpoint and he's, he's it's just like he's just, you know, he has it next to him with the gunpoint and he's just yelling at Bruce and Bruce is just kind of like, you know, being Batman and just scowling the whole time. Mm-hmm. This is different. This, if you look at this page, and I, you know, I posted it here. The one that Ryan just read, it's a beautiful page. And mm-hmm. the layout is perfect. That's why I love comic book medium right here. Because you have Bruce acting a little tough, like, you know, I know I failed you. I know I, I messed up. Like, hi, I, I've admitted to myself. I can, you know, I don't need the, he's trying to act like he doesn't need his forgiveness, basically. And that, this is what, again, that's how I interpret it. Um, it feels like Batman's like trying to tell him, I don't need your forgiveness. I, I have to forgive myself. If it feels like, like he's trying to move on, like he's trying to save him, but you're doing things wrong. Like that's what he's acting like, right? I'm trying to save you, blah, 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 blah. Well, then Jason puts it right back at him. Cause he says, Bruce, I forgive you for not saving me. And you look at that last mm-hmm. panel, look at his face. Like it's, mm-hmm. he, it, Bruce realizes crap. I needed to hear that. And mm-hmm. he just look. It makes him mega depressed. He's like, "Yeah, I, I'm. It still messes me up. I, I, I failed." Like, again, the movie doesn't do that. The movie doesn't really dwell on like Bruce, like as like a very sorry person. 
And that's the thing about this comic book and this page lays out so beautifully. And in the comic book medium, again, movie has movies have their own, um, you know, and movie, movie and pictures, animation, whatever, um, have their own benefits and strengths and too that comics won't have. But what I love about comic books is that it really can, to me, it can really give you an emotional response and you can just resonate on that moment. You don't have to move on right away. And that's why I love this last panel because you see that it's kind of in, it says right there, Bruce, I forgive you for not saving me. And that face that Batman has, oh, it's mm-hmm. freaking brutal. And that to me is what I love about the story is because Batman doesn't, Batman's a tough guy. He spent, he spends like what, 12, 13 issues reading that Batman's just like, just trying to figure things out. And he's just conflicted because he just, he, he blames himself for letting his son die. Well, I love and, that too. And that's mostly what volume one is like. He's, yeah. a, he's, he's, he needs the science. He needs the proof. We know that about Batman, but I mean, he's visiting green arrow because green arrow died and came back. He goes and asks Superman because Superman's died and has come back. He's grabs the Tana to go visit a Lazarus pit. Like he's, really that's his detective work while red hoods in gotham doing this shit like he he can't believe that somebody okay this is lining up to be jason is back that's just that's not possible however that wasn't possible with green arrow and here he is it wasn't possible with superman here he is the lazarus pit shouldn't be real but that is so i i really like that that's giving batman something to do because otherwise, I mean, what would the story be? Three issues tops of like he's in Gotham until he sees him and then takes him out and takes off his hood. And it's that's not interesting. So, <laughs> no, no, it's not. Well, and I think what by Judd having Batman go talk to these people about dying, not really so much mm-hmm. as Antana, which I, I do. I, we definitely have to talk about some of the negatives of like the story of the, of the whole story, which again, I, we'll get to at some point. We got to talk about it before we leave because I want to address some things with it. Yeah. I was going to say, we but, can do that like right now after you finish this point. Oh, let's perfect. Yeah, perfect. Let's, 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 let's do it. Okay. All right. All right. We still have, <laughs> the, the story annual sucks. goes last though. The, no, no, okay. The annual last. goes last. Annual's last. For, good, for better or for worse. Um, what I love about this is that when he go, he's going and talk to these superheroes that have died, he's questioning. It's like, for a guy like Batman who's seen literally what everything thrown at him, he I mean, still questions yeah. death. Like he still can't quite believe it. I think there's something very human about that. And it feels very like it's almost like that's those guys, but I don't get resurrection in my own neighborhood. So it's almost mm-hmm. like a a reminder that he's it's like it's like he doesn't he still can't believe it because that's not what he the world he lives in. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it really questions yeah. that yeah, yeah, yeah. of, of where you know what is life? What exactly is going on in my life? Because things are getting out of hand. Even though Batman's like fought in outer space countless times at this point in this canon, whatever. But you bring that you bring back that humanity aspect and that down to earth sense that Batman's not the same as those guys, and that's what different you know the differentiates him from those people is that he doesn't come from a world where things get resurrected really that much. And it messes him up to think about like that. There's something, there's something very relatable to that as for us, as the audience, because we can kind of sympathize like Superman, how, what happened when you died? Like, yeah. did you come back? Like, you know, like you really quite like, those are the, those are things we would ask superheroes. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bruce is finally asking them because, because again, now, instead of like, he's in the world, he's, he's now one of us that he's in a sense to where like, Oh man, like, 
I have no idea why this how does this work? Like how's how does this guy come back and what does this mean for me? Like that is that's a very human aspect of, of Batman that we don't really get to see that much or, or relatable in some ways. So there was something very humanistic about that. I thought that Judd really touched on that I thought was brilliant um, in the mm -hmm. story. For sure. Um, I have some, not like many, but I mean, sure. I have a couple maybe criticisms. So Paul, since you, this is your chance to prove that you are an open-minded person okay. and that you give everything a fair shot. And that doesn't mm. mean that you are blind to negatives and things that you like, and you are not blind to positives of things you don't like. So That's true. lay it on us. What are, what are some criticisms of the story? First of all, I want to say I think the biggest criticism and I think the most valid criticism, even though I don't think it mattered that much to me, and I'm, I, but let me, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. So let me stop here. <laughs> um, I think the biggest criticism is that it, it's a long story that takes over so much amount of time that there's so much in-universe continuity that's outside of Batman that's integrated, which again, the annual is a big part of that. Um I think there's so much going on in the um, in and out. Like as I read it the first time, all the in, uh, identity or identity crisis, yeah, identity crisis, identity. And identity crisis, yeah. Both mm -hmm. those stories are inter basically interlocking with the story, and it went right over my head. I had no yeah. idea what Zantano the hell is talking about. I read Identity Crisis like forever ago, and I didn't remember a damn thing from that. As far as I knew, Doctor Light did bad things, but that's about it. As far as my memory goes, and Tim Drake's dad died. Um, so <laughs> whatever um but but that's the thing though like i it went over my head and i think the problem is i think they stretched out so much of the story that it's not consistent enough i think with the artist if that makes yeah. any sense so i think you have the fact that your judd's kind of juggling like i think he did a pretty good job to be quite honest i don't think it's a negative on him but i think as if you're like one i think the reason why it doesn't get tossed into like a top 10 list for a lot of people which i think is ridiculous still in my opinion but i understand where other people would think that because it's not like a do if it was doug mankey and judd the whole time i think mm -hmm. it'd be a different story does that make sense because there's like four different artists almost it feels like going on at one time and it just it's not consistent in the story it doesn't really flow it kind of it does feel like jungled or jingled a little bit at times because of how much they're juggling in and out, I think it doesn't have that same like flow and that same like prestige of like Judd Wenick and Doug Mankey's Under the Hood. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, Under the Hood that took place like over two years. It's such a long form that took so long to develop that I think that it did a little bit of a disservice for people that people, and again, because it tied so much into the continuity of like these big events that people like love to make fun of now, like, oh, <laughs> did any crisis so bad? And Infinite Crisis was bad too. Remember that and, and all that stuff. I mean, there's a lot. There's so much of that going on that I think people like would look over the story because of how much it's tied into that continuity. So, I think that is like the one of the biggest negatives. Which again, we'll get to the annual. Um, I think that's going against it. I think that and the art inconsist inconsistencies, not because the art is bad, but because it's so there's such drastic differences that. Of like it was like three different artists i think and mm -hmm. doug mankey and one of them i forgot the other name is they're, they're not they're different but they're not like night and day different but the last guy um he's like the last the last issue it's totally different from doug mankey and the other guy and it, it's 
he's he's much more image comics 90s <laughs> if i would say um what's what i compare it to which wasn't bad but it's uh it's not as consistent and i think if it was doug mankey most of the time that i think people would again love the story more because i think doug mankey's stuff and his layouts are fantastic he's super super solid and super good he's so he's definitely the strength um somebody i didn't credit in volume one is doug mankey who does most of it and then there paul lee and then volume two is mankey shane davis and eric battle and i mean that's and you name it there's a variety of reasons why there has to be a change up an artist on yeah on monthlies and stuff like that. And I, I totally get it. It's something, it's one of my least favorite things with comics is when that ends up happening. Yeah. I'm like, no, I want, I want the same writer and the same artist. Artist. Yep, um, yep, yep. Artist, maybe even more so because you could try and disguise and be like, Oh, the story wasn't as strong this issue, but the art was consistent, stayed the same. And, um, yeah, but I'm, I'm with you in this. Sense. I love identity crisis. I know. I think, I think it's generally, uh, favored infinite crisis i only ever read once and i don't remember much of that one but obviously that plays into the annual that right. we just keep hyping up as the main event right, we here. keep hyping up what, what, what are your what are your, neg- what are your negatives i mean do you i mean like i'm curious what you think so the weird thing is that i always compare this to the movie well yeah it's natural right it's natural because i think that judd winnick he, it's almost like he got a, a second chance at a story because he got to write the movie. And I think and he yeah. trims the fat. That is a much, I, I was like, I know Paul's not going to like this term, but I, no, I I'm think not there's like, it <laughs> it's, it's a, like, it's a, it feels like a very concise and gets rid of the extra. Now, a lot of times with books, Books definitely expand. You watch a movie and you're like, oh, I like this movie. It's good. Right. Oh, you like it? Well, then read the book because the book is going to expand that world. Yeah, and you're right. That is out there. And right. you you go that in that way with this. You watch Under the Red Hood and you're like, oh, I really like this. It's like, cool. Basically, the same story happens in the comics, yeah. but it adds other factors. Okay, so what are the other factors? Uh, Red Hood uh onyx the the i liked onyx too by the way the um i see i've never i don't think i've read anything else that has her in it. i have, either, I have i've I totally forgotten her. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah she's cool, she cool. <laughs> and i mean the visiting of uh superman and green arrow and great I moments mean, too right there's even great, great moments yeah there's even more um black mass stuff so i guess my only kind of like negative a little bit I mean, reading it this time may have even been like one of my favorite times reading it because because I'm sitting, you asked what some of my critiques are of of stuff, but, and I do feel, oh, there's some like excess here, but then it's like, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just listing what's not present in the movie. And I love the movie so much. Movie's really good. I mean, I Uh, want to say that for the record. It's really good. Like it's it, like I don't say it's the best animated. I don't really like a lot of the animated movies anymore. And I think, I think like you said, it does. Let's be real. The movie is condensed medium, right? Like it's there. It's you go condensed. Of, Jeez, we both are like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, it's because right, technology. It yeah, like it yeah. totally boggled our minds. <laughs> it, it kicked our ass. That's what happened. It kicked our ass. I, I didn't mean to, uh, to take over. Go ahead. No, no, no. Um, but like. 
I, I guess the the shifting of the art, uh, which it's is not jarring. Jed Winnick's fault, it's yes. jarring sometimes. Because you get that, like you said, of the the images of Bruce demasked in the rain and Mankey's drawn that, and it's like God, that looks so great. It's and then you go to another chapter in the book that's got somebody else, and it's like this isn't great. Damn, you know, it's, 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 it's not as good. It's just, it's okay. It's like it's just not as like Doug Mankey's like openings. It can, I think the first like five pages are, are just it's so good. I think it's so yeah. perfect. It set the bar honest. like really, really high. high, and then yeah. then like you said too, and I understand at the time if you're keeping up with the DC world and stuff that you're reading. There's in Batman six thirty nine. There's a comment about Infinite Crisis, and right. you're like, I get it because I'm reading Infinite Crisis right now. Okay, mm-hmm. well now let's jump sixteen years later. <laughs> That's crazy, bro. You you can be like. <laughs> I, I don't know I don't know what the hell they're talking about. What's I still what are they yeah. even talking about? And but it's see, like and I, I, it, like that kind of stuff. It's like man, I hate but, that, and I feel like that's always it's it, not Winnick's fault. But here's the thing that's though, like DCs. right? But th- that's my that's my point though too is that that is a that's a valid criticism. I mean, anything's a valid criticism for the most part. There's some things I'll say you know you're as wrong. long as you're not um, just like uh, it's it's stupid. Yeah, okay, it's that's stupid not a valid like criticism. It. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> no, but I mean. That's a valid criticism, but I would also say, as like a novice reader that I was, I had no idea what the hell it was going on. It didn't affect me at all. I freaking love the book. So yeah. I mean, because and now, granted, I know how to read comic books, and so when I don't understand something, I know I can just go, "Hey, I'll go read it or I'll read about it or whatever." Right? Not mm-hmm. maybe that a newer comic book reader may not be so you know keen to that kind of thing, but even then, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like when I read about Zen, uh, I'm gonna call her Zendaya for a minute. <laughs> Zendaya, um, oh, Zendaya, wow. uh, <laughs> I uh, missed that. She really killed it. Um, no, no, um, Zantana. When Zantana and him are talking, I had Z- no idea. But like, <laughs> Zantana, a, a mix of Zatanna and Carlos Santana. Zantana. Wait, what's her name? I don't. What's her name? Zatanna. Name is Z A T A N N A. There you go. Whatever. Right. Wait, I said Zantana. Whatever. It doesn't matter. You said Zan. My point. Anyways, yeah. She, <laughs> but that whole scene, it doesn't matter that I that she wiped bat my no, no, wife no. Batman. I don't care. I'm like, okay, you obviously you 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 basically enlit or you established that he doesn't trust her and it sucked and you, there's a history. In fact, to me, Judd Winnick did a great job of incorporating the idea that hey, there's something going on here in between them, him and Green Arrow. So you know mm-hmm. something's going on. So you go, cool, I can read about that one day. I mean, I don't because I had no idea that I for, totally forgot it was identity crisis. So to me, it's not that it's, I don't think it's going to be a big deal for most readers. Again, that's just my that's just my opinion. But, you know, I, I don't know. I I personally don't think it's that that big of a deal. I don't think it's a, a, a deal breaker. But I think because of things like that, that's why people yeah. don't put this in the highest steam. It's like, oh, it's it's too much like an infinite crisis. I mean, think about this. How many how many Batman stories that are regarded as a top like let's say top 10. OK, let's just say top 10. How many okay. Batman stories in the top 10 are like DC tie-ins, like universe tie-ins? Think about it. I have no idea. I'm, I'm, I don't think many, if any. Like no. hardcore DC like, tie-ins. None. This one should be one of them. It should be the only one. Because what is able to be, what is able to get crossed to everything, d- despite going over, you know, all the baggage of continuity, which again, I love continuity. So, but at the same time, I didn't know much about it. I, if you're on the fence about reading this book at all, and you've watched the movie, read the book, man. 
Cause you're not going to yeah. worry about that stuff. It, to me, it's all like very like minor, like, okay, you don't understand everything, every single detail. A going to make a big deal in, in the end, in my opinion. So for the annual, that annual, <laughs> the annual should, I mean, okay. So I've got a big discussion about, but I feel like it has to go after the annual. Do you have anything, anything left you want to talk about before we, we do annual anything um, specifically about the book? Um, I, I guess for me really quickly, I just want to say like, I love so much of the fun stuff in it. I definitely think the movie, they picked like more cooler quote unquote, like assassins. Like I like the fact in the book that again, tying into like in, in, infinite crisis with a uh, death stroke and the cabal, or the, the society. And, uh, they bring in like the, the Nazi and the hyena character hyena. in Count Vertigo. Like that stuff is fun. And then like in the movie, it's like, we're top assassins. It's like, meh, give me the, give me the fun stuff in this book any day of the week over that, in my opinion. But, um, I know I, I just loved all the different tie-ins and, and, uh, diff the different little things that they brought in from the, uh, uh just in Batman's universe and everything. And I, I definitely liked one thing that is underrated about, I think, um, this, this story itself is, which Judd definitely we'll, we'll get into on our show one time and we'll have you on. We'll talk about this was that Judd really, I think enhances Jason's backstory, not yeah. just with Jason Todd, but Jason Todd and Batman. And some of those, um, I love the, uh, the stuff between him when he's like fighting boomerang and he fights, you know, those other, those other thugs and he, he makes mistakes and he emphasizes, again, we've seen it in the movie too. And we see those ideas of like, him making mistakes in, in the, in the, in the heat of the battle and everything. And just, I love that stuff. I thought that was very underrated of going back and telling those stories. So um, I love that stuff. The, and there's a scene. So, I mean, you just said it, the, I forget his name, but the Nazi uh, and the hyena and the count yeah, vertigo. Um, do it. I'm do glad it. that they, so yes, they switched up who the villains were, who they were fighting in the movie, but they still had that scene, which I think is a good scene because it's a great scene. It is it, for sure. Jason, that's just basically like took you long enough to show up because he was expecting Batman's going to yeah, show I up. Yeah, I love it. Oh, and then it. Batman's just kind of like, I mean, he's he almost says like, "Shut up, and shut up and fight." So he says, "Shut, shut up, up and fight." fight. Oh, and then they're so they're a team and they're fighting together. They don't skip a beat. And Batman's inner dialogue while they're fighting and stuff too, and like it adds something I think to the story that they're trying to tell here. Uh, right. And, and I, I really, the participants change, but the meaning and the point of the scene doesn't in the movie. So I'm just, I really enjoy captain Nazi. That, captain that's Nazi. A, that's okay. literally, it's literally his name. Captain and, Nazi. And, and, and I, I just, I'm glad that they included that. Yeah. You know, yeah. And cause it, it was a, it reinforces that they are a great team. Right. Like mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're establishing the fact that like, they are, they are more than just like, I raised you. It's like, no, there's a connection physically, or there's a, it's kind of like playing the band, right? Like some people, sometimes you play with people, you have instant chemistry and they just know how to like, just work with each other. And sometimes things take a while. And even after they take a while, you work with them. They're still not like, they're not like that. Like to me, that was a scene of showing the, how like they're, regardless of how like they feel about each other, there is that physical, like, interconnected like chemistry that they have together and i love that it, it's established in the movie and in the book and one thing we gotta say before we talk about the annual one last thing we have not sure. we barely even touched on black mask black, Judd mask. Winnick, black mask is so freaking good i i 
I don't even care that he's a Red Skull ripoff at this point. Like, I don't even care. Like, it's like, I don't even care. They try to hide the fact they're trying to be like Red Skull, like with a black mask. I appreciate how he's much more ruthless in the comic than the movie, too. In the movie, he's like, he's a bad guy, period. But he's like, he's he's always yelling and and everything. And he's entertaining. He's entertaining in the movie. Whereas in the in the book, he's He's... not necessarily entertaining because he's an ass. And how he just flat out kills people and Mm -hmm. kills his uh his employees if you will and stuff and like and like the one time he just he kills them all and then it's basically because oh, he move. says to red hood of like that was our agreement yeah and then like, red hood said kill the guys and all. oh so good i and oh. i joker's my my favorite villain in batman's yeah. world riddler scarecrow are right out there too like there's a whole long list sometimes it's really really uh appreciated and applauded when you can use a good villain that is like you know B tier, B level villains, and yet you use them in a, in really good ways here, uh, yeah. and and I think Winnick did that definitely with Black Mask. Yeah, no, he he knocked it out of the park with Black Mask, and he made me actually care about the character. And I would love they, they, people don't do enough with 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 Black Mask. I think that he laid the groundwork for how you write Black Mask. That's I mean, even though I like Birds of Prey movie, I feel like he should have been more ruthless like that character, and like he should have been wearing the mask a bunch. And never take it off and just be like, you know, even though it's you McGregor, you don't want to cover his face up because he's a beautiful man, yeah. of course. But I mean, like, you know, he's a, he's a famous actor, too. But I mean, that to he me wore the like, mask for like two minutes or three minutes. Like, I love like, it, oh, though. I, I thought it was cool. You know, so I'm like, man, it could have been great. You know, I mean, but uh, it is what it is. But yeah, I thought he did a fantastic job as a, a he really uh, to me. He he laid the groundwork for what people should do with Black Mask. And they don't they haven't done it with him really since. In my opinion, yeah. I've read a little bit, but not it's not been even near as good as Judd. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, here it is. Yeah, the annual Batman annual number 25. Woo! All right. So that that is the last chapter of the volume two. Uh, first off, I'll say that the book includes. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What, what, what? Wait. We are actually going to talk about right before this because this is this is a That's really right. interesting thing that I noticed by uh, comparing, contrasting. My hoopla, as I was reading, had... Oh, I have to backtrack a little bit. So at the end of uh, issue 50, after the big confrontation with... um joker and jason and the explosion so i'm going to show you i don't know what your if yours has the same so there is so those are the last panels and batman's yeah. looking through rubble and mm-hmm, then there's right. like a weird light thing and in my yeah i know in my actual say. trade it says no, it's dark jason! yeah Wait. and he yells jason so yeah this this new trade that collects everything under one is different than the original, the original volume and what originally was released. There's a, like the inner monologue is the same. Right. Uh, No, it leaves, it leaves it out. So like it says in the second to last panel, and sometimes as we struggle against the tide, a great truth arises. That's, that's on the last panel on the hoopla on the new trade and that's it whereas in the book following that is we've seen we've been here before 
and he's yelling, Jason. Mm-hmm. It's just different. I'm like, and I'm just kind of like, hmm, it's what, a, yeah, what are you changing this for? Yeah. What's going on here? Because I, I was really curious at first and wasn't understanding. I'm like, wait, what the shit? Because I wasn't understanding what was going on in that one panel, and which is not present in uh in my my physical copy, but it is in uh the hoopla of the new trade or whatever, blah blah blah. Well, that's because then it's also related to annual number 25, which is Batman Annual 25, which apparently was an instant sellout when it came out. Hard really? to find at the time. Maybe still is. I wasn't exactly looking for it. There are two badass co- covers for it. One of really reminiscent of that Death in the Family cover. Um, but it's Batman holding Red Hood, Red Hood drawn so by Jock. And then Shane Davis, who I think on this this cover, a variant for it, it did better than any of the art in the book. Where he's uh yeah it's a great yeah Batman removing the red hood and it's a skeleton so underneath of Robin. I just think those are some really good images. So, Paul, yes sir. Annual twenty five. What go. got you really excited about wanting to talk about this? Okay, why is this all, the the big the big okay. event? The main event. This is the biggest criticism of, I think of the whole story, and okay. it it goes back to the idea that everyone's like, you know, why do they love the movie more? And, I, mm-hmm. and this is from coming from someone, and Chris Clow will, will tell you, he's known me, and, and we've talked about this plenty of times. I love the movie, right? And mm-hmm. I, I thought it was brilliant. And I'll never forget talking to Chris about it one day. And he goes, oh, yeah, you know how, like, uh, you know how, how it happens in the, in the comics? I'm like, what? He's like, well, it ties into an infinite crisis. I'm like, oh, really? He's like, yeah. Wait, I'm like, wait a minute. Doesn't that when Superboy Prime punches, like, reality or something? He's like, yeah. I'm like, wait, are you telling me Jason Todd comes back? <laughs> Because Superboy Earth Prime punches a hole in reality and causes Jason Todd to come back to life. Yeah. I'm like, that's the worst. I said, that's the worst (laughs) idea I've ever heard in my life. I'm never going to read that crap. And I didn't. I I, I honestly, that's why I want to save it for the end. I did not. I had these trades. I always meant to read them. And then when he told me that, I lost any interest reading it because I thought it was so stupid. And and he was, well, it's actually no that I'm like, Chris, no, I'm not. I'm not that's the stupidest thing. And he said, yes, the movie makes it cleaner. And I want to make that very clear. <clears throat> the movie is cleaner. And I yeah. think that like when you said that, you know, Judd got the, a second chance to do it. I'm not sure if it's a second chance necessarily, but it, he had a better that way. Implies he, he failed the first time. And that's definitely. Yeah, right. Case. Yeah. And I, I don't think he had. A, I don't know if he even had a choice, maybe. Because I mean, how? Because here's the thing. In the continuity that you're. In the, in the, in the, in the, let's, how about, what's it, what's, uh, let's fast forward a little bit. If you resurrect Jason, if you fast forward, or if you fast forward and you do Jason Todd's resurrection during the new 52, you can do the red under the red hood movie version, right? Mm-hmm. Because you don't have all that condensed, you have a, you don't have that, uh, it's a soft reboot. Things don't, don't have to line up as much. But in this continuity, it's more aligned and you have to be like, oh, wait, like if you, if, why didn't Raz Al Ghul do this? You have you have way more retconning to do if you do it the way under the Red Hood does by having it be pure Lazarus Pit, right? So it feels like I think for the for the I think for the writers the easiest way would be like let's literally just get tied into the Infinite Crisis and he punches the hole in reality and we're good. I think it's a, still a terrible idea, but this is the this is the one thing I'll defend it, and this is what Chris told me, and I didn't believe him forever, guys. I want to make that very clear. He'll tell you. I rejected reading this story for a long time because of what he told me. 
But when he ex- explained what, like, kind of what, basically, it's not just that stupid punch. The punch is just the means to an end. It's kind of like, you know what it reminds me of? It's a little bit like Death in the Family. It's like, yeah, Death in the Family is kind of a bad story, but it's a means to an end to get him dead. Well, Infinite Crisis and the, Earth, and the Superboy Earth Punch is a means to get him back alive, right? So mm-hmm. if you take that, just get over that, know that it's stupid, because it is. It's stupid. But what's really, what is interesting is what happens afterwards. It's not just he just magically shows up and is like, hey guys, I'm here. No, he wakes up in the freaking coffin. I was going to say, there's just a couple pages that are definitely like, I want to skip this. And then, yes, you get into that coffin with Jason and then claustrophobia strikes in it. Oh, man. From there, I think that it, because, I mean, everything before that is rehash of death in the family. How do we get to where we are? And you're like, oh, if you're aware, then you know. And you're like, yeah, that sucks. That's that's bad. That sucks. (laughs) And then, yeah, then you get, once you get into, which I, I liked and appreciate that. You know the Jim Aparo image that they included that was drawn for that of the he's alive. Right, that's that's the alternate, right? I thought I thought it was yes. a great inclusion of that. It was fantastic. But yeah, then there's you know there's basically I mean you skip those and then it really takes off when you're there with Jason following his oh, story, man. getting it's out hard. of the coffin, and then you know basically being on his own to ending up of course in a Lazarus pit and. Talia being the instrument in that Dude, to, yeah. to get him to get him going and she kisses him because why? I don't know. But Dude. it definitely it plants that seed in his brain of that he can't he can't shake of you remain unavenged. She okay, said, well that ties into that. what mm-hmm. I said 20 minutes or 30 minutes ago or whatever of like why is he still alive? Like mm-hmm. that all just clicks and that's what I keep saying is the strength of under the hood story. And so that's, that's just good. And then, yeah, they hit up on your hush part, which eh, (laughs) I'm still like, eh, because it just feels like an afterthought. Right. But God forced this to work now, but hold on. The reason why I accept it is because it's the true inspiration of the story. So that's why now that you said that to me, it That's seemed... going to be my little asterisk next to me every yep. time I think about it. It's like, wait, 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 hold on. It it inspired it inspired my man Judd to man Judd to uh, to write under the hoods. Okay, okay. It and is... it is kind of cool to see. Oh, this was an image that you didn't see in those pages mm-hmm. of Hush, where he's behind the little you know the stone building and Clayface is turning into him and stuff, and so. Um, it's a stretch. Let's be real. It's a stretch. It's, it works okay. be, because of what you know that what it inspired. Why we got the story in the first place. So you you can be more forgiving of it. I think. That's, I'll tell you. I think his. I think his costume is badass though. From oh, I love that costume. I know. I, yeah, I think that, that's and the great. white hair and the little mm-hmm. white hair he's got. Oh, it's so good. He looks cool. Jim Lee, man. Jim Lee, <laughs> gotta love. <laughs> I Jimmy. think. He, I think he did some good things. Jim, Jim did, did good things. Yeah, he did. No, so I want to say for the record, if you just take the idea, just know that the Superboy Earth Prime punching a hole in the universe and causing Jason Todd to be resurrected is the dumbest shit in the world. Yes, you're right. Like, you're not wrong. But if you just put up with it and you keep reading, you get rewarded because it's dead serious after that. And there is some, you yeah. know... The fact that he has to crawl out of his own coffin, that's big stuff, man. Like, it, 
that just emphasizes more of what Jason as a character had to go through, not just like dying, but crawling out alone. So you wonder why he's so messed up. It's like, well, he gets killed by the Joker with a crowbar and then gets resurrected in his own coffin, has to crawl out, doesn't know who he is. And then all of a sudden there's a like crazy, like immortal woman and man, like basically make him go and get his thoughts back. And he's not, and it definitely takes away from you when you, it's not you good that. thoughts either. Yeah, exactly. Mom so, betraying him, Joker murdering him and his, uh, his dad basically not yeah. going after his murderer. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So you, you can imagine this is just a, a, a very much a, just a microcosm of what he has to go through his own, like uh, getting out of a, of a, you know, a buried alive basically. And mm-hmm. he uses his training to like get out of it, you know? So, I mean, yeah. there's, there's great stuff in this annual and I will defend this annual. I will not defend Superboy <laughs> earth prime by any imagination. He's ready to fight. <laughs> I'm ready to fight. And people love to make fun of it. And it's, it's worthy of being made fun of, but I think, I can deal with it because I think what Judd was able to still, he, he took a stupid concept and said, yeah, I ain't going to roll. I'm not going to mess with this, but I'm going to work with it my best. I think he did a pretty good job. I, th- I love, and it, honestly, that's why I love the comic more than the movie. Cause the movie is a much tighter, like, again, it's a condensed storytelling that, that yeah. makes the media, the movie medium work. Right. This is comic book storytelling. You're, you're interweaving a lot and you're able to tell, really like you're taking a really stupid thing and actually making it like kind of serious and still messed up and and let's be real i mean which we get to eventually on to our comic binge uh youtube show we'll talk about lost days or years or whatever the hell it's called lost um, days I, lost days uh, see i get that and the you don't know i'm not sure if you know this but there's a lost years spider-man comic book by ben riley and oh. uh by, by jmd mateus and john Romita jr back in the oh clone days i get so i get lost years and lost days mixed up all the time because of that but I, i've read it i have it digitally i have a physical physical copy showing up hopefully this week um i can't wait to read it because i think it's really good too and we'll talk about that eventually one day i haven't read it in years but i i remember it's, I it's like good it. if you if you like this more this time i think you're gonna love it even more this next time yeah. too because it takes the annual minus Superboy Prime and takes all those elements and expands it even better to like, I feel like Lost Days just feels, you understand why Jason Todd is able to go up mono a mono with Batman instead mm-hmm. of just, because the thing about it, like Tim Drake took on Batman, Tim Drake get his ass kicked, like straight up, like he just get his butt kicked, like Tim's good, but he's mm-hmm. not a good, he's not as good a fighter. Dick Grayson can hold his own. And like Batman, but he also had a lot more training, a lot more experience outside of Batman. This is where Jason Todd gets all his stuff, right? Is through this Lost Day stuff, which is totally different from all he learned from Bruce. He becomes truly the Red Hood in Lost Days, which I, Red Hood, and you guys haven't realized this by now, he's one of my favorite DC characters, if not maybe my favorite minus Batman. Perfect. Freaking into love the next part. So, Red Hood, Jason Todd's resurrection. Yes. Um, I said at the top of the show, I had, you know, the thought of how Jason Dot- Todd is better, better served dead in the sense of did more, um, more story for Bruce through that result. Now they brought him back and he's appeared in tons of stories uh, like you just said, the the Lost Days was a contained six issue story, I believe. Yeah. Um, he was Red Hood and the Outlaws. 
in the Rebirth era. I actually read that book great. and I liked that one. It was, like it. It was yeah. Artemis and uh, Bizarro. I liked it. Oh, that's the that Rebirth. I'm thinking of the New 52 with um, Starfire. Yeah, and, I didn't and, read that one. And, yeah, I heard that one's bad. Scott um, Lobdell. But Lobdell also writes that one with Bizarro and Artemis, which I've heard is which you, I've heard other people say it's good too. That Not one I think you. is good. And then, I mean, more semi-recent. Like he pops in and out of Batman books. Uh, most... Um, most recent, like three jokers. Yes. Paul just grabbed three jokers. And I was going to say he had a, he was a big part of three jokers. And I thought that that was, he was fantastic in three jokers. Him and Barbara. Fantastic. Yeah. Beautiful. Great story. And yeah, both, both of them had great moments in that. So he's utilized there. Well, too. Red Hood and the Outlaws isn't such emotional, uh, pull. It's like good fun action. And like character, interaction between him well, artemis if, and bizarro such weird characters to put together and yet there's a there's a really good bond in that from what yeah. i read i didn't read the whole run um but what right, I read, no, I yeah. thought there's a fun bond between the three and then chip zadarsky just did in the batman urban legends uh oh, first six this. issues of uh, that dude eddie barrows or barrows apologize I, yeah, like don't. his art is phenomenal and yeah it's this, a red man. hood story in it comes out collected in Batman Urban Legends Volume 1 in December, I believe. And Paul, oh, cool. I don't see how you would not like it. It also I'll includes it Grifter, which uh, is Peter Vera's uh, burnt popcorn and his uh, bucket of popcorn. <laughs> um, Grifter. That's also, for some reason, going to be collected uh, in there instead of any other stories. But, I mean, it, the Red Hood story alone is I'll Paul pick it up. You, awesome. So with I've that said... Great. There, I think there's a lull there of okay, we brought him back, great. We don't know what to do now, and I think DC's finding their groove with, with the Red Hood and Jason you forgot Todd. One thing. You forgot Gotham one... Knights is coming. Well, not that's not, not just the that video game. Okay, well, not, what yeah, do I got? Not just that. What am I missing? Well, the Suicide Squad comic, Black Label, with Brian Azzarello, who's the main character? Oh yeah, Suicide Squad get Joker, Jason Dude, Todd, and yes, it's great. Thank you. We it have, is. We I really hate that they were like, we got this issue, we got this issue. Now you got to wait four more months to, for the third issue. Wait, damn, you have to wait four more months? No, I didn't know that. No, end oh. of January, dude. It's the last yeah. update I saw where it's coming out. It's the end of January. So for those who don't know, and I'm not, this, I'm just going to tell you, I wish it was more than three issues because the for first two issues were fantastic. They're great, and and to me. Again, Azarello does a great job, I think, of, of making the Red Hood a really interesting character because because mm-hmm. he's kind of like he's almost like the Batman or like the Dick Grayson of the of all these other characters like of the Suicide Squad. But he's also like, an, you know, he's kind of a, an antihero himself. So it's a really weird. It's it's so great. And again, a great example, I think, of why having him alive makes sense i i agree with you i think they didn't know what to do with him for a while because remember back in um uh what's it called morrison they had the red hood and uh right after batman and robin and that was not a great i mean i like the story i love batman and robin frank quietly and um i think it was phil tan who did that story grant morrison's batman and robin is phenomenal i love that story. yeah i love and that run. that one is great and even though it doesn't depict my boy Jason Todd, the Red Hood, the best in that sense. Again, you have not just that, but Battle for the Cowl. I thought was like he's like a built pure villain. The, yeah, the best, the best he is is basically how Judd did it. Is where he's an antihero. He's conflicted. 
not the pure villain. And then yeah. now he's again, well, how Jeff Johns does it. And I think how Azarello does it. And it sounds like what Scott Lobdell did in the rebirth saga as well is he's more of an anti-hero. He's, he's more of like, yeah, he's not exactly a good guy, but he's not a pure evil guy either. So that's where I think he, he they're finally finding their groove with them. And now that he's in Gotham Knights, his video game coming out, like you were saying, mm-hmm. I think he's definitely going to find a better groove going forward. I mean, I, there's, I think there's a lot of potential with this character. Well, that they so, what's the, up. what's the point of his inclusion in a story though? Cause you can say, so he is, he's got, he's got guns and he's always shooting guns. Um, either he's, gonna hit his target or yeah. he's a really bad aim and so what's i mean if batman sees that he can't just like turn his back toward jason being right. like the red hood and shooting down and killing people but batman doesn't necessarily stop it so it's like what is jason's purpose in his stories you know well like am well, i phrasing that no, I know what you what mean. Saying? This okay. is how you do it. So you're, you're, you're talking about the big, the, the elephant in the room is the guns. That's the, yeah. that's essentially what it is, right? Well, let me tell you something. Um, I'll never forget when I was a kid reading Marvel comic books. I was a big fan of Iron Man and War Machine back in the day, and War Machine is all guns, right? Mm-hmm. These are machine guns, like crazy, and it's like it's a Marvel character. Like he's like you know. And I'll never forget, like, man, he's like the Punisher. He's black and white, you know, he's whatever. And he's mowing people down. And they have a very simple thing of dialogue. And you know what he says? Oh, man, these rubber bullets. But, oh, <laughs> rubber bullets. Okay. Yeah, well, that changes the game. It does. And that's why I'm saying, I think that's, I think that's even what he's doing now. I think I want to say, was it Tyrion's run um, of uh, Detective Comics? Which is a great Tynan, by the way. That Tynan. That's like, oh, God, I'm so bad at names. Tynan. Uh, <laughs> Tynan the Force. Um, Detective run. Which I, I binged last year and I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I love the, the the Dark Knights team that he brought together. Even though Red Hood's not in it, they talk about how he's you know they, he's in the family and the bringing the gun aspect. I think that's mm-hmm. where they could you could go with it. You could have him be non deadly like guns, especially with like how technology based Batman is. You could easily have him do that. So that's, that's right. where I think that's where I think you could you could give him that. You know, Batman has him, you know, basically he's helping him develop himself because he needs to keep an eye on him. You know, the best the best way, you know, for him to know he's out of trouble is that he, he lets him in the family and he keeps him close and he tries to you know to help him. And I think by like not giving him guns, but having him not be deadly guns, that's one way of knowing you you have him in control. So I think that's possible. But you also have him being, you know, he can just become a, you know an anti-hero and have him still be against Batman and then they're still at odds. I think mean, both work. You can go back yeah. and forth to be honest. In my opinion. Hmm. Okay. Okay, Paul. All right, All right. there you go. There you you go. heard it from Paul. Yeah. I I, um, I would love I would love to see more Red Hood stories that I think cuz let me end on this. This is what I think sure. because I think and I think Jeff Johns touched on it better than anyone. Even more than Judd Winnick. I think Judd Winnick started it, but I think Jeff Johns really touched it. There is an emotional, fragile personality that, yeah, it's there, but like it's even more, it's longing for love. And the relationship that he has with Barbara, it, there, there is that right there showed me that like there is a lot to do with this character. And there's a, there's a lot of, 
there's so much you could do. You can play off of, you can play off the fact that he's longing for love, which is a very, everyone, anyone can relate to that for the most mm-hmm. part, unless you're like, you know, super like suave and you never have to worry about getting, getting any kind of uh, love from anybody. But there's a lot, most of us like the normal people or are ugly like me, <laughs> they have, yeah. it's not, it's not an easy game. Um, but the thing is, there's that, there's the fact that Jason could be, it could be turned against him. The, the ideas of how he, you know, his fragileness of like wanting to be loved by someone that can be turned on him. And I feel that that can conflict him. I mean, he's, he's a, he's, a, he's Batman basically, but I feel he's Batman, but he's all those emotionally compromised things that Batman has figured out. He's managed to like psychologically and like clamp onto Jason doesn't have those. And I feel yeah. like Dick, like Dick has those, Tim has those, but Jason doesn't. And because of that, it's not just he's unhinged, he's a killing machine, but he's an emotionally fragile and easily mani- more manipulative and easily, I think, corruptible because of those reasons. And I think that's where you saw that Jeff Johns really touched on. And I think there's lots of rich storytelling there that I think that Jeff Johns and other people should like enhance, like do, do more with. And I think that you could cause a lot of um, altercations and a lot of, um, good uh character uh moments between jason and other people using those those differences that he has because he can't relate to them and know like they can say man i got i almost lost it against uh the riddler today it sucked whereas like jason can't relate to that he'll lose it and he'll mm-hmm. he'll kill them you know so having that difference is a big deal because it creates conflict you and i think that's what i think he, he thrives you create conflict through his personality. And I think that's where he is uh, the best used. And I think there's relatability with him more than anyone of the Bat family. I think he's the most relatable character. I think people listening to this episode will understand that Paul Herman likes the Red Hood. Yes. I love very Red passionate Hood. about the Red Hood. Very passionate. I've known this for him. a year and a half. Yes, you have. That you love the Red Hood. I love it. Um, this is before. Is this before? Um, was it also before uh, of Three Jokers? I think it was before Three Jokers. Yeah. So oh, yeah, Three yeah, Jokers yeah. only made me go, I freaking love the Red I Hood. I told you. I told you, all of you. I love Red Hood. <laughs> I love uh, Paul, I, was, I, was, I, wanna, I was an OG. I, w- I want to hop into some favorites quick as we start to inch toward sure. wrapping up yes. for Batman Under the Hood. Okay. Uh, Paul, what is your favorite part of Batman Under the Hood? Probably that that page. I think I think the same thing you talked about that you loved about the movie, the movie, the the book, they're all the same in a sense where it's basically Jason, like just the whole reason it's it's happening is because he just can't believe that Bruce wouldn't end Joker after losing his son. And yeah. I think that is such an emotional, such a relate not relatable, but you can understand where Jason's coming from. And mm-hmm. that is so hard to like because everyone knows, like, oh, Batman can't kill. Like, I mean, look what happened when Zack Snyder did it. Everyone lost their goddamn minds. I mean, like, yeah. again, I don't want to turn into that, but you get what I'm saying. Like, people really lost it. And they said, they said no way. You bet we'll never do that. Well, like, Jason, like, takes that idea and really puts it on its face and said, how stupid is that? Like, think about that. Like, it, again, you can you can disagree with it, but, like, he really makes you think, like, no, that's kind of a dumb thing. I mean, like, someone killed. I mean, look at A Time to Kill, right, by, by John Grisham. Like, it's if you haven't watched the movie, Samuel Jackson murders the people that raped his daughter. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I mean, yeah, he's glad he, he said, what's the line say? Yeah, I'm glad I didn't. I hope they burn in hell. I mean, that's, yeah, that's what he yeah, wanted. I, to die, do. I hope they burn in hell. Right. So, I mean, 
there's that's why like the story works is because he wanted yeah. Batman to do that, but he didn't, and that pisses him off. So I mean, and justifiably so. Yeah. I'm with you. That's my favorite part. I've said it, I mean, I think probably at least twice already why that's I love that part so much. It's the basis of the story for me. It works really, really well. So um yeah. Um, copy paste what you said, Paul. Now, maybe even harder. What's your favorite panel? Out of all these issues. And you know what? No, no, one. I'm gonna tell you, you can't say your favorite panel is annual 25 of super. No, 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 no. Okay. No, 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 no. It's not <laughs> no problem. Well, there? Okay. That's, a whole, right. that's a splash page. That's to be cheating too. Right? I think it's a splash page. Um God, this if it's a whole page, I mean, it is kind of no. All you can't splash page don't count. You can't. Not, that's that's cheating, in my opinion. That's too easy. What? Um, I think so. My that's my opinion. That's my okay. Opinion. Okay. What the, here's my favorite panel is. Oh, it's so good. And and I'm just looking at this. I'm like Doug Mankey's art so good. Uh, Which, by the way, the page where, where I not the page itself. You know, you talked about already the the page where uh, Red Hood is just beating the crap out of Joker. The crowbar, uh -huh. and there's no uh -huh. sound effects and no words. Freaking brilliant storytelling. I just want to say that for the record, it is yeah. brilliant storytelling because it just emphasizes. Oh, it's so freaking good. Anyway, last th this is my favorite page or favorite panel. And he says, How does it feel? And it's Ooh, yeah, and it's 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 just it's Jason again. Everyone, I said, I think someone online was like, How come he has a domino mask underneath the hood? I'm like, It doesn't matter. Oh, Jason Todd does what the hell he wants. Um, no, but. It's he after beating the crap out of the Joker, he goes, Tell me, how does it feel? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. how does it and, feel? And, it, and it, you get to see him. I think it's not the first time you see him uh, without the hood. I think yes. it's the first time. So yeah. it's brilliant. It's freaking brilliant. Oh, that was 638. Book. So for the, yeah, that was like the fourth chapter. It's of the last book. page. It's the last page or last panel of the book. I think the fourth chapter of that book and in, in uh, or of this story. So yeah, it's it's kind of early on, I think, that you see that you see him, but yeah, so that's good. A, that's a good one. Uh, right. Mine is going to be that Batman demasked in the rain early on. I always talk about in this on this show favorite panels. So if you see an image uh, creating a story, letting your imagination run. And if I saw that, it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's a, a great point, image. man. Absolutely. Now, something interesting. Usually, this is where I say, uh, Paul, would you like to see this story uh, adapted in animation? Yes. In film, and, yes. Uh, <laughs> we got that over <laughs> yes, a decade ago. And actually, Paul, you love it. You've already said it. I love it. I've already said it. And yeah. we're going to reunite sometime in the near future. Yes. Because we're going to do something for the YouTube channel all about Yay. specifically this movie. Uh, this movie. And with that, we have some questions that I'm going to wait and I'm going to hold off and use on that when we record okay. and talk on there. Um, so two good questions uh, or more than two questions from uh, some good dudes. So uh, we're going to hold on to that and we're going to elaborate on that and start to talk about these animated uh, movies and stuff for stories. So, Paul, how about uh, share maybe your final thoughts about Batman Under the Hood? And I think that people are going to be not surprised when I say this. Um, I think that uh, sorry, my dog is breathing really loud. Um, I don't hear it. Wow, she's just she's driving me nuts. Come on, <laughs> um, I love her, but she's just she's she's old. Poor girl, I love her. All right, back to back to back to focus here. Um, 
this is going to come no surprise for people, but I think this should be considered as a top Batman story. And I don't think people talk about it enough. I think people need to just revisit it and really look at what the impact of the story was. And this is to me, what makes this to me is it's, it's, it's a top 10 to me. I, I don't think how anyone can read this and be like, Oh, it's, it's, it's good. It's not top 10. I'm, no, I mean, where, where is this? What is this worse than? I, I just, I can't, I can't think of many stories in my opinion. I, I've not read a lot. I mean, I've read a lot Long of Batman. Halloween. What? What was that? Well, well, yeah, but that's like, I mean, whatever. So I anyways, mean, carry on, Paul. But I, I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I, I would hold this up against Hush, sure. to be honest. I don't, I don't, I don't think this is any, I think it's better than Hush as a whole. Um, you know, I mean, there's so many Batman stories. I think this is better than, I think it should be considered as one of the best Batman stories ever. I, it's one of my favorite, or it's one of my top five ever for Batman. Sure. One of my favorite DC stories ever. And I think people need to revisit it and really take it seriously because the movie's good, sure, but I think the book just really emphasizes the the, the emotional impact of Jason more than, than the movie ever could because of the condensed storytelling that the movie has to do. But the book, I think, is phenomenal in that way. So it's a top 10 book. Revisit it. Love it. And didn't tell me how much I was right. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I really... I can't, I don't think that I love the story, but I really like this story. And I think, uh-oh. Oh, man. What? Paul's flipping me off now. Paul I didn't left. flip you off. Oh, I, no, like, you I, I swiped the camera like, whatever. <laughs> Get away from me. Bullshit, Lauer. Bullshit. But I think it's a really good story, and I think it's important in the, the history and the mythos of Batman because it resurrected a character from his universe and someone who apparently was not beloved in his first incarnation and now like resurrected he's got he's got quite a a growing fan base and it's something that like i said at the top of the show and probably didn't word it very good but i mean this is a definitely part of the batman timeline that is kind of non-negotiable like batman lost a robin batman was reunited with a robin and this is that story and then look at the ramifications of it and all the the books that he hopped in immediately and then what we just late that we just uh listed off of recently um he's sticking around in 2022 yeah he's going to be in a video game he's one of the main characters of a video game of and he's gonna and blow up too i think is. This is gonna, i think he's gonna we, blow up even more we didn't even mention he's like the folk one of the focal points of the titan season three uh TV oh, yeah. series so i, I mean he's that, just he's popping like he's popping up all over the place and and this this uh is the book that that started that so started all. i mean yeah. it's it's important for the story of batman i think it is a good story for sure uh so yeah and then yeah we'll talk about the movie um i'm excited about the movie I, yeah me too i i'm excited to talk about it because there is there's a lot to be said about the movie itself sure because i think i think isolated as its own thing it's a great it is it does take all those things from the movie from the books from the comic books and makes it and condenses a, a story in two hours that I think is really impressive. I don't think people talk about it enough. It's that's why I say it's it's definitely a top five animated DC movie by For far sure. none. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's very very good. So yes, uh, Paul Herman. Yes, sir. Well, number one, thanks for uh, sticking sticking with me for the. Through the technical difficulties, we got this it. It's been amazing. This is but been... also thank you for coming back to the show to talk about this book. Oh, dude, like I. Ryan, man, like I honestly, I want to keep finding more <laughs> Batman books till I can get, I can like have excuses to jump on because okay. they're they're okay, awesome. Man, no, it's great. There we go. 
I, maybe me, if you have a big group discussion on hush, I'd love to get on that. Cause I have, I do have, a, I have the absolute hush. You have thoughts. I, yeah. That's I a great thoughts. absolute I have thoughts. You, you have um, thoughts. But yeah, no, thank you so much for having me on. It's a, like I said, I, I'm all, I'm so impressed how you're able to just, you've just been just plowing away at these episodes. And I think it's so great. And I just, I, I, I can't wait for the movie to come out because I think your podcast will get even bigger and I, and it deserves it. And I think that people are going to want to read about Batman comic books and they have literally, in my opinion, the best bot, the best podcast out there to go right to finding out more Batman. Like they know exactly yeah. where to go to. And I think oh, that like, man. I'm serious, man. Like people are going to want more Batman. They, they know they can go to animated series and watch the movies, but those people who want more than that, they're going to have a podcast and know exactly where to go. Cause if someone like me, I, I, if I had this 10 years ago, like say you existed in Batman begins when I needed that, I would be just, I'd be your biggest fan because yeah. I want, I wanted someone to tell me what to read. And you literally have that like hundred episodes or whatever you have right now. Like a, a plethora of reading. I'm like, oh, this is what I need to read for Batman. I'll just follow this podcast. Pfft, I have everything I need. So <laughs> it's like, no, seriously. Well, you are too kind, Paul. You're too kind. I, I can't wait for the movie to come out for people to discover your podcast. I no bullshit. I cannot wait. It's gonna be awesome. Okay. Well, you're very kind. Uh, I did not pay Paul to say any of that. No, um, you never did. You said something similar like this when you were on before. So uh it's very much appreciated because you're a comic connoisseur. Okay. Try to be. Um, Try to be. <laughs> uh, if people, and actually, I loved it. You know, the the last word said every time on on this show is read more Batman comics. And um, I remember that I want, I like that. I wanted to say that, but I had to come to you because what's your what's your saying on the comic bench? Well, read more Chris comics. Cl yeah. So, what's well, Chris Cloud? So I didn't own it. He owned it first. So he had. Oh shit. I didn't clear it with him. Damn it. Well, I mean, but see, the <laughs> difference was I see it's one of those things where again it's it's collaboration because he started saying it for in response to people online, and I was like, I like that. And so I, I yeah. said, we gotta use it as a catchphrase. And so we turned into like my clobbering time, if you will. So um <laughs> so it, I, I took it and made it my own, but I let Chris say it all the time with his things, you know, at the end when he's sure. when he's not there, or when he's there, he always says it, not me. He's not there, I'll say it. Um, but no, I, it, I appreciated that. Um, but, uh, it, I think it's really cool. Read more, read more Batman comics is what it's all about. Remember comics, read more Batman comics. Booyah. Yeah. So Paul, yeah. if people, if people for some odd reason don't know how to follow you, why don't you plug away? Well, uh, plug, plug P thug. Well, plug P thug. Um, well, you can find me on Twitter at Herman 22 at two ends, AKA P thug. Um, you can also find my, uh, YouTube channel, the comic binge, uh, on YouTube, obviously. And uh, I'm I'm taking a little bit of a break, I guess, but I've got a big announcement this Thursday. Which again, <gasps> at this point, you might I'm not gonna spoil it, but it's it's, a, it's not a big announcement, but it's a big announcement for me, and it, it kind of is a, a precursor of what I've been working on, and will hopefully be working on for years to come. Awesome. Um, it's a little bit of a tease there. So I've, it's been a long time coming. I, I've I've talked to Laura about this many many times. I've got yeah. aspirations to include Laura with stuff, and I haven't forgot yeah. about Laura. Don't think I forgot. So. I never this do. Is, yeah. Okay. So, uh, but anyway, I've, I've got a big announcement for me anyway, um, coming. So check that out. We'll be a little mini, uh, little mini, uh, thing. You'll, you'll know what it is when you see it. And, uh, yeah, follow me on there. We've got lots of great episodes. I had Laura on one time or a couple times now, and we had your Geiger yeah. episode. It's going to come on. We're going to do yes. that one day. And, and we would have had it done by now. And then I think I, I totally ruined it because I was like, Hey, wait, there's an, 
there's oh, a, yeah, the there's November. a 80 yeah. page giants coming out in November. Do you want to wait till after that? And you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Let's do that. Okay. Let's do that. I don't, I don't, it gives me time I, to reread it too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll be honest. I haven't even read it yet. The whole thing. So we're good. <laughs> well, there yeah, you so, go. There you go. No, we'll have, we'll have Laura on. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have Ryan on for that. We'll have Ryan on for lost hood, uh, lost hood, red hood, lost, lost hood. days and other yeah. episodes too. I mean, I've, Anytime Lauer can get on, I'm going to try to get him on. So, yeah, it broke me. my heart. I couldn't follow your recent one, the long Halloween discussion, but you and Chris did. You did it proud. Okay. It was a great. We discussion. Did okay. We did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was great. But discussion. No. Yeah. Yeah. But no, we follow. We have a lot of episodes on there. Um, follow me. It's, it's all. We're also on Twitter, on, on TikTok, on Instagram. Just type in comic binge. You'll see the pot. You'll see the logo. You'll, you'll know what, where it is. So yeah, just follow it. I appreciate it. Thanks everyone for having me and, and Ryan or, Everyone for having me, Brian. Thank you for yeah, having me. There you go. Yeah. That's basically what it is. Not everyone else. No one cares about me. Only you. Oh, stop. That's all. That's all I need. That's all I need. B- BS. You look at your YouTube subscribers and followers, Paul. People want to know mm. what what you're thinking about comics, peanuts, so. man. It's all peanuts. Read more comments. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter and Instagram, or follow the show. Actually, <laughs> who cares about my account? Uh, follow Batman stuff at the Batman BC for episode. Uh, new episode drops, upcoming episodes, and sometimes even giveaways. The final giveaway, the Batmobile giveaway, which I upped from four to six because six is good. Uh, that is going, uh, winners are going to be announced very soon. So you can hop in there really quick, probably a day or two after this drops. Um, the winners will be announced. So it's not too late. You can also email. So, like I said, we have questions. <gasps> the next episode is going to be. Paul, I don't even know. I think I told you this. Yeah, it announced to everybody. Dark Knight Returns is the next episode. Oh, it's a big Mac Daddy. Man, big Mac I, Daddy. I know people have questions about that one. And I'll I, be talking with oh, the Robert Reinecke, the encyclopedia man. of comic books. He um, really so is. he'll have some answers for you. So no if you want to send in some questions, you can do that. The BatmanBC at gmail.com. I already mentioned about stuff about YouTube. It's very young in its infancy. But, uh, but yeah, there's some YouTube content out there, like some quick reviews. And then Paul and I are going to do some under the red hood stuff for YouTube. If you, like I said, at the top of the show, if you'd like to support the show, help keep the uh, generator running in the Wayne Manor study, you can do that on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the If you'd like to buy some merchandise, support the show that way with t-shirts, hoodies, notebooks, stickers, onesies for your little ones. You can do that on the T public store. But lastly, if you want to support the show and you don't want to spend any money at all, that's 100% a okay. Just go ahead and rate and review the show through the Apple Podcasts. A link to that page to rate and review is in the description of this episode. The more reviews we get, the more it helps spread the word. And as we all know, the word is panic. So, for P-Thug himself, Paul Herman, I am Ryan Lauer. And until next time, read more Batman comics.